0: And uh, watching you and Jill parent was also incredibly delightful as well.
1: <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but thank you. No, it's great.
0: Uh, he'd never had you know chips and salsa before, so we were teaching him how to do it in, in group public. You know, it's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to learn how to not double
0: dip. Right, you know? exactly. Right away, yep. it's good. It's really good, and he was just soaking it in, man.
1: Yeah, he is sponges. He yeah, yes, big time.
0: Yeah. What, what was the website you ordered them from cause that was like you probably... <laughs> <laughs> I let people know that's the one to go to uh, crankybaby.com is not the right one to get
2: yeah
0: <laughs> alright assholekids.net
2: do that's a bad one do it go so many three.
1: assholes on that site sorry
2: <laughs> three Two, one. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined.
1: With them. That <laughs> train
2: is off the track.
1: I feel like you you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just
2: prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and do goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebatable or Semi Weekly. Pacers Podcast. Today is November 26, 2023, and this is episode 671. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials. This show, we're going to discuss games against Atlanta, Toronto, and Detroit. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, Coast to Coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett.
1: What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undeatables? Shout out to uh, Harper. Hopefully he had a good Thanksgiving. We're missing him. I got to see the two of you in person and was uh, missing my Harper. So, Yep. From Asheville, North
2: Carolina, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks And the crappy jingles, it's John No Notes, Colson Joey, that was perfect
0: No Notes
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you All right. Well before we get into the show uh, we got a lot to talk about today but we want to remind listeners that they can support us the longest running Pacers podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables and you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. Well, guys, as it's been uh, in the last... Well, this season, I think. There's there's a lot to talk about. Um, and there was some very interesting basketball this week. Uh, first game of the week was... A doozy. On a Tuesday, <laughs> Pacers take on the Atlanta Hawks on the road. In an in-season tournament match. And Pacers win 157 to 152. Barn burner. This one was crazy town. Pacers gave up the most points that they'd ever given up in a first half in the history of the franchise. And they win the game in regulation by five points uh, by dropping 157 on the Hawks' heads. Halliburton was nuts. Uh, 37 points, uh, just went wild in, in the second half. And it was a crazy town game. Super exciting. This win gives the Pacers the, the birth in the quarterfinals of the tournament. Uh, Buddy Heel was also fantastic, 24 points. Uh, pay the man, please pay, <laughs> pay that man. Uh, Neesmith had 17 starting uh, that, that night. Ah, uh, Brown, thirteen. Miles Turner had a, a nice eleven points, in nine rebounds, and was solid towards the end of the game. Trey Young, of course, dropped uh, thirty eight on our heads, but didn't matter because they were playing slightly worse defense than we were. <laughs> the second game of the week was back at home in Indiana. We were all in the house. Mm-hmm. The Pacers taking on the Raptors. One thirty, uh, lose this one. One thirty one, one thirty two. Uh, Buddy Healed had a look at the buzzer and it rimmed out. Uh, you know, we can talk you know more about that that last play, but um Siakam at 36 again. Schroeder was was uh, running rampant too, twenty-six points. I Scotty Barnes had twenty and twelve, and I swear that guy was on every highlight. He was everywhere. And uh yeah, with his twelve boards. This may not be surprising to you, but he was the uh, highest rebounder uh, on both sides, because nobody in the Pacers had more than eight. Thanks, Miles Turner, for uh, for pulling those down. But um, stops, stops, and rebounds were, were not in the uh, in the vocabulary that evening for the Pacers. We'll we'll talk about that one a little bit more. Uh, and on Friday evening. Pacers take on the Pistons at home, and they win this one handily, 136 to 113. And this one was really fairly competitive until the end of the game, and then the Pacers blew the doors off in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Pistons 39 to 17. And that was really the big difference in the game. Halliburton had 26, 26 and ten. Miles Turner, twenty three points, ten rebounds, could double 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 for him. Cade uh, Cunningham was all over the place. Thirty one points for him. But that was the the final in season tournament game for the Pacers. They won all four, which puts them in the top of the group, which guarantees them. Well, at 4-0, it gives them uh, the best record in the group and they will have home court advantage for the whomever they play in the quarterfinals. So those were the games this week. Uh, Jason, you know, we've got the in-season tournament. Uh, next stage coming up, we got the uh, two wins and then we have the loss with uh, the Raptors. And what was your highlight of the week?
1: Uh, well, seeing you guys was the highlight of the week. And that was the right taking a Pacers game yeah. in, well in person. It
0: was it was a trap, but you
1: you successfully uh, got out of it. Thanks. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out how to navigate out of that <laughs> situation, but I did it successfully. Nice. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think that the the highlight or like the overarching theme of this week again is Tyrese Halliburton who was just magical um, throughout the week. Uh, in that Atlantic game, he goes nuclear in the third quarter, scores 26 points, uh, and invents a new skip, the Halliburton hop. Uh, is oh, nice. name. Uh After he's celebrating and just doing wild, crazy hitting threes and step backs and all this yeah,
0: stuff. Yeah, he does a little skip. It's a Halliburton hop, huh?
1: Yeah. yeah. I like it. And, uh, you know, it was a disappointing loss against Toronto because that was definitely a winnable game. Mm, uh, but we sure. just got murdered on the glass, as usual, uh, against Toronto and Atlanta. But I thought that, I mean, Detroit is not a good team, but if you're going to pull try to glean something from that game, I really like the way that team closed the the game. Mm-hmm. Like, the last six minutes were just everybody was locked in. Uh, Bruce Brown really put his imprint on the game, I thought, defensively, and made a couple steals. Ben Matherin made a steal. Uh, Isaiah Jackson and Miles Turner were just blocking things left and right. And, you know, we pulled away. Like you said, we held them to 17 points in a quarter. That's got to be the least amount of points a team has scored against us in a quarter all year. Um, And I think that's something to build off of because I think that that I mean, everybody on the team knew, you know, like every time that Miles Turner gets a post-game interview or Halleberg gets a post-game interview or a halftime interview and they're like, how do we keep this going or what led to the win or whatever? And it's like stops. We have to get stops. <laughs> like we have to string together two or three stops in a row. Uh, but I think that that Toronto game really like was like, oh, crap, we can't just outscore teams because like they scored... 15 points in the final two minutes or something like that. It was insane. Yeah, like, and
0: they're not a good offensive team.
1: No. Not at all. And But I mean, kudos to their coach who is a rookie coach, but I thought called a couple of really nice plays down the stretch out of timeouts. So like that Scotty Barnes play, which was... It's a classic play. Actually, it's, you know, the, the Pacers all remember a few years ago, Sabonis did this, where it's an inbound to a guy fake the dribble handoff and then drive to the basket mm-hmm. yeah. and i mean the f- the, the fake that scotty Barnes did was decent but our whole defense reacted as if it was Pey- peyton manning doing a play action fake you know at the <laughs> height of his powers or something like that like everybody ran to the other side of the court i mean it's the final 30 seconds or whatever so you're like we got to get a stop and then he just waltzes into the lane and for a layup yeah exactly so yeah, well, I don't and, know. What did you think, Colson? I mean,
0: uh, Siakam couldn't be stopped in that game. I mean, he just waltzed into the paint whenever he wanted to. Um, you know, I, I think my comment after the game was that I was more pumped for, like, the four or five legitimate stops we actually got in this game. Because there were times when, like, they were, like, we were playing, there was, like, Jalen Smith was, like, stopping a post-up. And you were like, mm-hmm. yes! Because yeah. every other time down the floor, like, they just scored at will. And... We are a miraculous scoring team. Um, I think I gave this stat last time I was on the show that if the season ended today, we would be the second highest scoring NBA team in the history of the league. Well, that that has now moved up. We would now be the number one scoring team in the history of the NBA. Um, that's how many points we are scoring. This is, this, is, this is not just a lot of points. It's historically a lot of points. But we can't stop anybody. Toronto's not good at scoring. Detroit's bad. Um, This Atlanta game, absolutely fantastic. I mean, if you want to talk about one of the most amazing games you're ever going to see, in regulation, it was 157 to 152. (laughs) And it was basically like, who's going to miss a couple shots? Uh, Both teams
1: shot 60% or better from the floor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think both, would, and, and we shot, what, 50% from the range, didn't we? I don't know. It was pretty close. It was incredible. Uh, th- yeah, I did as well. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was listening to the radio. on I was, I was, I was meeting up a friend of the show, uh, Mike Morrow, to watch the second half of the game. And I was listening to Mark Boyle. And uh, he said, uh, the Hawks are literally unstoppable. And I'm not a millennial. I'm using that the correct way. The Hawks have yet to miss a shot this quarter. <laughs> it's like they—it um, was just—it was crazy. And and you know Trey Young was hitting forty footers, and you thought, oh my God, we're gonna figure out how to lose this game, but we didn't. Um, because yeah, pay the man, Buddy Healed. I think that's gonna be his new name. And uh, and Halliburton, uh, just unstoppable. They're just they're incredible. Um, we're just very blessed to have this kind of scoring. They make three pointers like they're making layups, or they're making free throws. You know, it's it's incredible. Um, the 157 was a franchise record uh, in that Atlanta game, mm-hmm. and um, it was the highest scoring game of the season. Clearly, um,
2: it was the sixth time in NBA history, including playoffs. That a team has scored 152 points in a non-overtime game and lost. <laughs> wow. So in over the course of the NBA, teams are 92 and six in such games. Wow! In, with, in, excluding overtime. Sure.
1: Wow, um, that's uh, that's intense. Kind of wild yeah. that it's happened that many times. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I guess there's a lot of games. Every a lot night. of games, a lot of teams, yeah. a lot of years, a lot of teams. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think
2: for me, also, yeah, you you mentioned it just now, but I, Buddy Hill was was very impressive to me this week. Obviously, like he, uh you know, we watched, you know, at the game we were at, at the Toronto game at home, and he put thirty-one. it was seven to twelve for three, and you know, he's. I mean, he was just so good, and in the Atlanta game, he hit 24 and was just not missing, you know. And was he 6-for-6 six six, uh, against Atlanta in that game? And it was just so good, you know. And, and I still love the the Halliburton and Heel two-man game. I feel like those two have, like, an extra you know an extra lev- layer of communication that that other players may not have out there he's just been he's been super fun and yeah.
1: and in fact uh rick carlisle might agree with you because yeah. the other thing that happened this week is we changed the starting lineup so yeah. in the atlanta game uh actually made two changes so body he- body healed started uh and uh why am i blanking on the Aaron, oh, Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith started instead of uh, Matherin and Obi Toppin uh, and you know it's debatable whether or not that lineup was hot out of the gate it looked like they were a little bit out of sync I thought but um, we'll see in the Toronto game Obi Toppin got his starting job back but mainly because Aaron Niesmith was out with a strained right. wrist so it'll be interesting to see what happens when Niesmith comes back healthy um, but yeah, the healed into the starting lineup I think is going to be pretty permanent here for a while, right? I mean, the amount of spacing that he provided... Not that we needed more offense. like That's the <laughs> thing that I don't get. I mean, it does make a little bit more sense and Matherin has been struggling a little bit um, to start the season. Uh, you know, now maybe he gets to shine a little bit more in the, the second unit, but yeah, I don't know. What did you What do you guys make of the uh, the change in starting lineup, and and what? How do you see this going forward? Well,
0: yeah, no, I I do think it's interesting. You know, the whole idea was all right. Matherin's the future, and uh, we got to get him playing against uh, first tier competition, um, and you know, figure, uh, you know, his offense out with you know within a Halliburton offense, right? Because um, last year. Uh, you know, had a had a good run at rookie of the year, uh, coming off the bench because he was going against bench players. Also, he designed the entire offense around him, basically running downhill, getting to the basket. And he's maybe a third option, maybe a fourth option in this uh, in the starting lineup right now. And um, he's struggled with that. And um, if you want to win games, and that's what Carlisle's saying right now, like this is, I mean. Hey, look, if it's a development year, you let Matherin struggle all season, get better against starting competition, figure out the offense. But we're going, hey, we want to win games. We want to win these tournament games. Um, and Buddy heals better um, right now. And Matherin can do more damage against a second unit like he did last year. Um, I don't know if how I feel about it, honestly. I mean, <laughs> um, is this a win-now season? We're not going to win a championship. Um Maybe this is just to get through the tournament and then we go back to Matherin. I don't know. Um, maybe it's a Buddy healed we're showing him off because we want to trade him or we're going to try to make him want to sign a contract with us because, you know, he gets more minutes. I don't know. I'm not sure what's happening here. Um, it seems slightly short-sighted to me. And then maybe mm-hmm. we just let Matherin take his lumps. I don't know. Joey, what do you think?
2: Well, I don't... Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I don't think that it's a Big loss. You it's know, a big to, loss for Matherin. I mean, he, he no, no, wants to be a for starter him in specifically for for him specifically. But I don't think that it's necessarily a big loss, even for his development, to to put him in the in the in the bench for for now. Maybe it's for a couple of weeks. Maybe it's for the tournament. Maybe but it's I think for the this maybe one of the you know. Well, we're 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 nowhere near there. You know, this is you know. I think that this that that all that tool also can be used to communicate to the player that they're that they're not there yet, yeah. and to you know. So I don't think that you don't want to just give it, you know. And I don't want to sound like a you know like a harsh old school person where you say, hey, you know, I don't want it things just given to them. But you know, you're right. I mean, Buddy Healed is better than him right now, and it's not even close and so we got to have the best players on the floor and this in-season tournament is something for us there's also development there around you know one thing that that i had forgotten was that halliburton has played in a total of zero playoff games in his entire career and this is akin to that in, in a way so this is a competition you know it's a it's a competition outside of the regular season the that some of these guys have never been in before. And we want to win. There's there's yeah. some pride to to what we've done in this tournament no, so far.
1: I, I agree with that, Joey. And, and, you know, Colson, no, we're not going to win a championship this year. But, yes, we are in win-now mode. And I think it's because of, you know, A, the talent on the roster. Like, I mean, this is a deep-ass team. Like, there's a lot of NBA guys on this team. We're going to be competitive. And the, the second thing is the point that you brought up, Joey, that this team, specifically Halliburton, you know, we want to build a winning culture around him and we want him to get into the playoffs and get his seasoning, take his lumps and, you know, figure out how to play and lead and, you know, get us to the next level, I think. And, and there's no reason to not start now, you know what I mean? Like, with sure. a talent like him, you don't fuck around. Like, you just yeah. just try to do as good as you can as soon as possible. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And Carlisle's making the call that Buddy's better for that starting lineup, um, even if there's a drop-off of defense because Matherin has, you know, shown some strides, but it's not like he's exactly like a stopper out there. And Matherin's been playing well off the bench. He scored and double the figures, I think, every
1: game this uh, this week. Um, for sure and i i mean I, I don't think he was playing particularly horribly before yeah, the right. switch either i mean like he was just trying to feel like he was starting to figure like, some stuff out in fact totally i i thought he made i think the last show we were that at least that i was on you know was talking about that he had figured some stuff out and was really like uh you know making think it seemed like the game was starting to slow down for him mm-hmm. i guess a little bit um and, you know, the other thing is Buddy Heald's a shooter, man. He's streaky. We just saw him go through a week prior to this where he couldn't throw it in the ocean. You know what I mean? And he's going to go through dips like that. And so it will be an opportunity for Matherin maybe to get more minutes. And, indeed, in that um, Detroit game, he ended up closing the game, Matherin did. Mm-hmm. That, that second unit actually um, played a lot of the fourth quarter. Halliburton didn't mm-hmm. get back into the game until three minutes left in the game. or something Yeah, like it was that. a couple minutes left, and it was really like a step on the neck moment. Like <laughs> Halliburton <laughs> yeah. just just murdered them because he was like super fresh. But uh, but yeah, that there was some good cohesiveness. Andrew Nimhard in that second unit, he was how, another guy we were how, missing big time. Yeah, how
0: great know. was it to have him back in this Detroit game? Because you know we we were at that Toronto game and we made lots of comments about how sort of. Uh, discombobulated the, uh, the the second unit seemed to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Nimard really... I mean, look, we all love TJ McConnell, um, and he's a veteran out there, but Nimard has a calm and a composure um, that, and seems to get everybody in the right place. Uh, and without him there, uh, I thought the second unit sort of, you know, really hurt us in that Toronto game.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was partly a uh attrition thing you know like Neesmith was out so that meant that jordan wara was getting the the backup four minutes Mm -hmm. and he was you know shout out to the dudes behind us that were just you know talking trash to him all all game (laughs) like who is this guy why is he on the floor he went he put up a donut um you know zero five uh with four boards and an assist basically no points um yeah but the other thing about nimhard too is he is able to get he can create a shot for himself a pretty good shot for himself if everything breaks down you know he can
0: well and that was the other thing uh, mcconnell normally can too but I, I thought toronto's length really bothered him he missed a totally. lot of chippies and the stuff he normally hits if he'd sure. hit those maybe the you know the game goes differently uh, he had had sure. a tough night i i was impressed by uh Basically by Toronto's length. I mean, I don't know if they're a... I mean, I think they seem like a playoff team to me. I don't know. You know, again, they have trouble scoring. At least they have uh, this season. But then they come in our house and put up 132. So maybe they... If nobody plays defense, they can put up points.
2: Hey, I want to revisit the the in-season tournament uh, format and whatnot.
0: Uh, Revisit it? We've already dominated it. We're already out of it. We're moving on.
2: So, we've talked about this before the season. Me my trophy and- now, please. <laughs> one, one trophy, please, Mr. Silver. So, before the season, we talked about this, uh, but I do want to, to get back into it a little bit. So, as we've mentioned, the Pacers, uh, there's three groups of five in each conference, and the top, the the scenario here is the top. Uh, the winner of each, of each group plus the best second place team in each conference uh, will qualify for the quarterfinals. So the Pacers have done this already. They are in and the the other group winners uh, will go through and there will be one wild card in each conference. So the Pacers and the Lakers are the only ones that have, have uh, clinched and uh, everybody else. Um, that's well, and we'll have none home of the other ones advantage, like, right? Yeah. So the Pacers, since they won that, they have home court advantage. So the the format going forward, so the the games will be when is it? Uh, when's the next Monday? Tuesday? Oh
0: no, the, Monday. The, the, No, Tuesday will finish out the um, the tournament, and then we'll have all okay. the matchups, and then the following Monday, I think it's December first, fourth, fourth. Um, fourth
1: we'll, and fifth will be yeah. the quarterfinals. <clears throat>
2: yeah. Right. So the quarterfinal game. So we'll Pacers have another be show hosted. before then. We can we can prep the listeners. Yes, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But just to kind of set the stage, the the quarterfinals will that that game will be hosted by the Pacers, mm-hmm. and the winner of that will the the semifinals and the final are in Vegas. The semifinal game counts as a regular season game, but the final does not. The final is an extra game. So, so the Pacers are playing eighty three this year, is what you tell me. That's what I'm saying. Nice. So, so they did qualify. There's there's uh, an extra, you know, everybody gets an extra uh, bonus just for making it to the quarterfinals. So, you know, those that's another thing to, for these guys to play for. But, you know, for for some of the the, the higher earning players, is not going to be a big difference. But for some of the you know the younger players in particular, it's going to be a nice nice. If you win, you get five hundred k each. So. Uh, I'd notice that if it hit my, if, if that direct deposit hit mine, I'd notice that. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the Pacers, you know, they, they have potentially uh, three more games in this tournament to, two will account for regular season. And yeah, that the, the last two rounds will be in Vegas. They'll all be nationally televised, of course. So, so that's where we are on that. I'm excited. Um, we get we get to see our our court one more time. Anecdotally, you know, we we had, were watching the Detroit game, uh, like the the you know DVR the next day when family was over. We were watching it together, and um, some some of my family members who don't watch basketball quite so much saw you know saw the screen you know they were watching, they saw the game. They said, "I've never seen a court like that in my entire life." And I was like, "That you know that's." that was some of the thinking behind it was that you knew that's the point is you were seeing something different something a little special. So then I kind of said, Oh yeah. And I kind of explained, you know, what, what was going on to, to the extent that they cared, which was (laughs) not a whole lot.
0: (laughs)
1: Um,
0: There's an article that I'll I'll probably put in the show notes, but um, I felt a little bit justified. I think in our preseason, um, predictions I had that Detroit being very bad I said because I didn't like Cade Cunningham I thought it was because he was too small he's actually not small at all but I in, the, in my prediction I thought he was small um, the article basically is that um, whatever, they, they create a number maybe it's the first 100 games or something but Cade Cunningham's numbers put him in a top 10 player of all time for like the first 100 <laughs> games played um, but his efficiency is like the worst of any player that plays over twenty minutes a game, or something like that. Yeah. Um, he's an incredibly inefficient scorer, and um,
2: and uh, are that's you saying he's the bad. worst? Like out of all the players that have ever played, yeah, he's, like he, he's, his he's top ten, but he's the worst of the top ten players.
0: No, 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 no.
2: He
1: historically like with his numbers traditional. Yeah,
0: features. if he puts if you but he puts up like a thirty-eight and nine or something like that, and if you put that, it's like bird and magic and oscar robertson and jordan and lebron you know sort of thing the numbers he's putting up as a young man put mm-hmm. him in a very rarefied air um but the way his efficiency with his turnovers and his shooting percentage um make him one of the most inefficient scorers this season uh, this season um and so um i will double down on the fact that i think the detroit pistons are not going to be good because kate Cunningham is too
1: short and not good. I believe he heard your uh, prediction and dropped 31 on our heads. It was probably yeah. an inefficient 31. Inefficient
0: year. 31, and we still but won.
1: It was uh, It was efficient at times. Like, he took over the game at times. Um, but I agree with you. He's definitely not... Uh, you know, but he's essentially still a second-year player. He played, like, three games last year or something like that. Right. So, um. He's, he's doing some learning, and he's playing the hardest position, you know, in basketball at point guard. So he's trying to do a lot of things. I don't know why I'm but, defending K. You're, you're,
0: you're willing to agree with me that he's not the next Magic Johnson, though.
1: I would agree with that. He's okay, a good Yeah, totally. Hot take. <laughs> uh, well, you know, what are you here
0: for if not hot takes like
1: that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Between now and when the Pacers host their quarterfinal game. Uh, they will play three games of basketball uh, monday hosting portland uh, our first chance to get a, a live look at scoot dubs uh, and his uh exploits as a blazer uh, and then a uh, a baseball trip so we do thursday at miami and saturday at miami mm. Uh, mm. i don't i don't know if this is makes this a doubly dangerous miami trip you know like that's a lot of time in south beach and uh <laughs> for past pacers teams this would be a, a big big problem we know this uh and so we'll find out a lot about our young our young squad oh
0: if i if i'm carlisle you're flying home
1: and flying back out <laughs> <laughs> a couple nights in your De- own bed will do you good, defeating boys. the purpose of adam solar's uh uh-huh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: uh, he, the Heat have been playing very well. Tyler Hero goes out again um, because he's just always broken, and uh, the uh, Heat start winning. I don't know yeah. what that says about Tyler. Even though he scores 30 points a game, they're better without him. I guess is what it says. Um, they're uh, 7-3 in their last 10. They're now 10-7. and um, I, um, I think we split that, even though it's not a home-and-home. Home, it's, it's, it's both in, in uh, Miami. Uh, I think we win the first one, then uh, too much stripper glitter in our eyes, we lose the second one. Um, And then we're we're waxing the floor with Portland. So I'm going to go with 2-1, 2-1 week.
1: Okay, 2-1 week. I am going to stick with my prediction of a sweep. I think we're going to... nice The uh, stripper glitter and the smell of baby powder is going to propel us to new heights. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. What you th- what do you think, Joey? I think we're gonna
2: lose the last one because I think we're I legitimately think we're gonna be preparing for the, the tournament. season tournament game. Okay, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna we're they're looking gonna ahead. Some, I think so. I mean, I we might I play the that, Heat
0: in the in the uh, quarterfinals. That'd be
2: crazy, right? Just three games in a row with them. Three be, games in a row. I, seriously, I I think that this I think that this. The, just the tournament itself brings this extra. It brings an extra element to these teams, and like, like we had said, like another hot take: we're not going to win the championship this year, but we could win the cup. We and definitely could. That's like a. That's. Certainly we're three not wins without, away
0: from winning the cup, Joe.
2: We are, you know, and we're we're potentially going to be. Led by guys, we are led by guys that haven't won a whole lot like you know that's what we brought brown in but this means maybe more to us than it does you know to LeBron maybe he does want to win this but this guy you know he he he's got his his uh his crowns at home and our guys want to win something so I think that's the fun of these kind of tournaments that's how it is they play out in soccer it's you know when when the um uh, you know when, when Barcelona's playing the you know third third division team they're not starting all their their number one guys you know so but maybe we'll, we want to bring all our firepower to this and and see what we can do because Carlisle you know Carlisle knows what it takes to win and Brown knows what it takes to win and we've got other guys with some success in that league but I think this this for us could be something you know if we win that what a story and it's something that you can use you know as fuel for for the rest of the year and you know the the time that we have our core together. I think that would be just really fun, and obviously we've done well so far. You know we're 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 four and We you know we we built this team maybe for this, and <laughs> but I think it's going to be extra fun. It's going to be more national TV games that we wouldn't wouldn't have had, and some exposure for some guys. I mean there were. MVP chance for for Halliburton when we were there, so mm-hmm. it'd be nice to you know for for the rest of the league to get to see what he's been doing.
0: Somebody they were were also trying to get a Buddy chant going at one point just because Buddy was hitting all the threes. I think if he'd hit that last three pointer to win the game, we might have we might have chanted Buddy mm. on the way out the door. I'd hope so. Yeah, you know I was I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons. It was interviewing Doc Rivers. And they were talking about the in-tournament, uh, in-tournaments, uh, you know, cup. And uh, Doc River said, I would legitimately use this as a playoff prep. Um, yeah. He was like, look, what I'm you you uh, play seven, you trust six. That's how the playoffs works. I would do that. I would have a playoff rotation in this in these three games and, um, you know, see what we're made of. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, we'll see what the Pacers do with it, but uh, um, I'm optimistic since we apparently can score whatever we want, whenever we want, at all times. Yep. Just need to stop some a team maybe eight times a game, and we could win.
2: Yeah, that was yeah when we were <laughs> we were all together. <laughs> just like praying for some stops and they weren't coming you know
0: yeah no i the the stops there was one post up that miles turner uh stopped one post up that jalen smith stopped and there was a bruce brown perimeter thing that worked there were a couple steals but outside of that it was just a layup line. like i can remember all of the actual stops from that game because there just weren't very
2: many oh man
0: Come on, Pacers!
2: Yeah, so I'm excited about uh, you know this week with the tune-up games for the quarterfinals, and then we'll be ready to get those NBA Cup dubs. All right, guys. Anything else you got for this week? You need to get off your chest. Nope close like, expensive
0: well yeah I like cup dubs I'm trying to figure out what to do with it
2: cup dubs
0: cup dubs
2: I mean that's I'm okay with that by itself <laughs> alright team we'll, we'll be back with you later on until then you can hit us up on Twitter we are at undebutables we're on facebook.com slash the undebutables our website is the there's a contact form there you can Use that to send us a message, email. Shout out at theunabutables.com and at the website slash store is where you get their swag.
0: For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Stook Leonard, Turn out the last the party. Mm.
2: Jason, you're right. I, I I wasn't thinking enough about these two games in Miami. Yep. Now I'm worried about it. I'm mm. a little
0: concerned. I think we could lose both of those. I went two and one confidently, but I think this could be a one and two week for sure.
2: Miami's good because, well, it's less the team that I'm worried about than it is the environment. Atlanta and in Miami, the same thing every year. Go to Atlanta, go to Miami, and I don't know. I like the the heat must the the the. The heat must have built up resistance, you know, to the glitter and stuff. Sure, but we'll see. Those aren't the tournament games. They have like so. glitter armor. Um, well, you just or glitter. You just immunity. get a little bit of. You get a, yeah. You, you build up. It's a herd glitter immunity that the team has, you know. <laughs> herd glitter immunity is the name of the pod, by the way. <laughs> Holly, oh dear. <laughs>